I am Anthony, the host of my PhD experience podcast, a show that brings to you interesting insights about how to navigate graduate school, bag your PhD, and secure a postdoctoral position. Welcome back again to the part two of my interview with Dr. Oluwafemi Adeagbo. Part one was really, really interesting. You know, he, he spoke a lot about his motivation and how he navigated graduate school, back his PhD. Now we want to focus on his post-PhD experience. Is he really worth it? So just kindly listen and, and, and listen to his quite interesting insight. So welcome again. Dr. Femi. Oh, thank you very much for having me again. Now, we, we, we've uh, discussed about your PhD experience, but now I want us to tell us a little bit about your post-PhD experience. Is it really worth it? Has, it, has, it, has, has having a PhD <laughs> made a difference for you? Yes, definitely, yes. And, you know, in, in the first episode, that's what I said. You must know why you want to study towards a, you want to obtain a PhD degree, right? A doctoral degree. So it's it's worth every cent for me. I, I wouldn't lie to you. It opens door, and post PhD is really is is, is tough. <laughs> it's more than PhD because people really want to see what who are you after the PhD program mm. and what can you do with the degree and what have you done in five years with the degree. Mm-hmm. So it, it it is really it is and there's that pressure, you know, mm-hmm. that to say, post PhD, no one is monitoring you. You are gradually advancing into an early career researcher, into an independent researcher, and everyone wants to see that thing through your publications, through your research work, through fundings, through grants, through awards, through recognition, scientific recognitions. You see the pressure. Mm-hmm. It's it's it, yeah, it's a lot. So post it's worth every cent. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad I, I did that PhD in sociology because it has opened many ways for me. I've been everywhere with it. Hmm. Wow. So if I may ask, how did you manage to secure your first appointment? Or what was your first appointment? And how did you manage to secure it? Well, that's, that, that's an interesting one. So during my PhD program, like in November, prior to when I submitted my PhD thesis in January, the, the November prior to that January, I did a kind of cleaning. I cleaned the data cleaning for an institute at the University of Johannesburg. I, I did it with all my might because they gave me very small money. I just, because I love research and I couldn't just ignore when I saw some, you know, when I saw some of the things, just because they paid me, uh, you know, very little amount of money, I, I wouldn't do that. So I did the work very well and I, I gave it back to them. So the day I submitted my PhD thesis, I was talking to my supervisor about, you know, resuming the the tutor tutor's position where I will be getting, you know, very little amount of money. Like your, I just I'll just give you an example in Naira, like your, uh, uh, your yeah, like fifty thousand Naira, right? You know, 
or yeah, like yeah, fifty thousand naira post PA. So right in front of my PA, in front of my PA supervisor, uh, where she was telling me oh, nothing. Uh, I received an email from the same institute that I assisted in prior year. To, oh, would you like to join us for some time? We we short of staff these days, and I went there immediately. And I started working, I think I worked uh, from January 20, some 28. I didn't get paid for the, you know, for the, I, I didn't collect money from them from 20. So also people must be able to sacrifice. I joined them immediately because the, the you know, the staff left. And I didn't get paid in that January staff from 20 to 38 or 31st. I started getting paid from February. So that's why I got my, my first appointment with the Institute. You know, they just gave me the job and I worked with them. Once my result came back, I did. I even did a postdoc with them. Before I now got my main appointment, you know, I did a po- another postdoc uh, with the University of Johannesburg. Before I now got my main job, permanent appointment with the University of Johannesburg. Ah, oh, sorry, University of Witwatersrand. Strand. Uh, and that wasn't easy at all. You know, well, my PhD program. You know, I applied. They called me for an interview. So, so I, I would say you have to know your audience. People want. People want to hear how you can bring about some of the theories you used in your work, some of the things you learned in your PhD work, how you can ad- adapt them and apply them into real life. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think that that's, uh, that's that's an interesting one. You know, if you have opportunity to volunteer, even if the pay is almost, almost next to nothing, it's, it's something to really consider. So far it's about research and it's going to contribute to your CV. I mean, you have to actually go for it, go for it, go for it, go for it. Now, I think since then you've also managed to, you know, got a research position. Tell us uh, what made you competitive for the position. Um, thank you very much for that question. I, I think I'm a very, you know, the things I, I knew and I've made up my mind that um, my, research, my career pathway is research. Right. I started learning more. Like I said, post PhD is not about you thinking you've arrived. No, you have to do more, and you have to. The people have to know you within your research area. Like the, that expertise, that career niche you're creating for yourself. Those that you met there, those that have been there before you, they have to know you. It's important they know you. They can know you as a oh this boy yeah he's trying yeah. So that was what I did, and I started creating that niche for myself as really as a student um you know i'll give you an example of the south african sociological association they, they you know during my phd program they announced this writing competition uh, you write an article they will publish it in a special issue as a student i submitted and i won the first position and people started noticing me from there so post uh, phd program that thing stuck in my brain to say I can be the best of me everywhere. So I got, you see, I would tell you this is an interesting part of my of my career. I was coming from purely academic background, right? Mm. In gender, gender, migration, and sexuality. And I went straight from there. I was employed as a senior researcher into a, one of the probably the best, one of probably the best. HIV research institutes in Africa and one of and one of the best in, in the world, which is with reproductive health. And all they do is HIV and sexual health, sexual reproductive health research. And I've never done that before in my life. And mm-hmm. I was employed as a senior researcher into that. 
and going and as soon as i was employed i started reading a lot for sexual reproductive health about adolescent health about this sexual reproductive health right so i started re- reading to update myself in that area and i worked there for like two two years or so and while working there i was opportune to be part of the thing we did a kind of first evaluation on uh, south africa was facing a problem on the implanon that's a contraceptive contraceptive implant then and i was part of the team that did the evaluation and that actually helped me a lot and during that period i managed some research a very large research project research project on adolescent young uh, boys and and girls and it was a very big project uh, in three or four, yeah three provinces in south africa so i managed that i learned a lot about i learned a lot about protocol writing about you know grant writing about managing stakeholders about managing research partners so i worked there for like two two years and while working there i learned a lot and while working there i got recognized by the south african national research national research foundation south africa as a promising young researcher that's a national honor you know i got that while working there i attended a lot of conferences while working there i published while working there i learned from the best in hiv research and from there i i i got two positions at the time that i was confused which one to go i think i told you about it uh, anthony i got it so this is another interesting part of my career that I think people should learn should learn about that what do you want to do I will tell you while I was you know I was ready to leave my job at that point I got a position at the University of Free State as an assistant director of institutional research that's a kind of big position for a young graduate like me within 5 years of my PhD graduation and I was ready to go but something kept talking to my parents to say This is purely an administrative position. Yes, I will do research, but it's is this what you want to do? The pay looks good. Some of the things look the position assistant director and uh, with the possibility of becoming the director at that point. You know? And I said to myself, uh I now got another position one week before my resumption at, at the university uh, as a as a senior researcher. And I looked at the research. I, I I asked the organization to send me the research project they wanted me to work on. I saw it. I've never done anything on HEMELT. That is telehealth intervention. I've never done anything, and I saw from it that most of my work would be on telehealth intervention. I said, okay, I want a new challenge. And I looked at the you know everything. And you know the most interesting part of it, the one at the University of Strasbourg was a permanent job. The other one was a contract job. Hmm. And every, yeah, and my wife, I told my wife, my wife looked at me. I was like, "Are you, are you okay? Permanent contract?" <laughs> I was like, "Okay." I also spoke to someone who is, you know, my mentor. He was like, "Hmm." And so it's good to have a good mentor and a good wife hmm. or a good partner, even if you are not married. Good people around you. And my wife now said, "Yeah, yeah, I know." Permanence, but you like research, right? I said yes, of course. I want to do research. So, which one do you, would you choose? I said as much as I want to be in a, you know, this organ position, mm. assistant director position, I wanted research, and I believe because I will be working with a lot of guys from the University College London, and that's another thing that wanted me to, you know, I'll be working with guys from University College London, 
guys from London School of Hygiene and guys from Harvard. But it was a temporary position. I just, you know, I, I prayed about it. I thought about it. And my wife and I just I, I agreed that, come on, we are going to the, we are going to choose that position and we're going to stick to whatever decision. If they don't, re, if they don't renew your contract after a year, because it's a yearly contract. Hmm. I took it up and I let, I let go of the, of the permanent position. And I can tell you that that was the best decision of my life. Hmm. Hmm. Because at that point, I became um, a fellow, a senior research fellow at the University College London. Hmm. I published with these guys, Ivy, you know, guy from Ivy Leagues University. I conducted, I managed their research in Africa for them. I travel, you know, I traveled the world with them. Hmm. from the research you know and I learned a lot from all of them in terms of grant writing in terms of how you present at conference you know conferences how you write a, and I started publishing in top journals as well hmm. Hmm. so it, it, yeah so at the end of the day it, because of my interest in research not the finance not position I you know it it, it really helps me and I think, yeah, that was what really helped me so far. And so, so far, so good. Everything has been good. Yeah, a lot of challenges as well. It's not like a rosy, rosy journey. Mm. A lot of challenges, but the research interest is the main thing. And we keep going forward. Hmm. And it's, 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 it's been very interesting, you know, just listening to your experience. Um, you've accomplished a lot and your driving force appeared to be the interest and passion for research and not just for money. You know, you wanted to do good research and be able to be um, to be known for doing good research and not just for the fancy cars and, and the good things of life, which is, you know, which is always, those things are also good. <laughs> of course, yes, of course, come, yes. I guess they come with time um, and, and building a career is really, 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 really important. So, now, I have two, two more questions. I would say, what are your major challenges since you completed your, or during your post-PhD phase? What are your major challenges? And how did you work with them? That's an interesting, another very good and interesting question. So some of the skills I learned, I thought I'd, I'd learned a lot during my PhD program. Now, I started, you know, I relent many things hmm. when post PhD. You have to perse- perseverance is good, you know, because then I, I I became a manager, you know, like middle, you know, started managing a lot of people. And when you're managing research assistants, you're managing juniors, researchers, you're managing different emotions. Hmm. And that has been my major challenge to manage different people and different emotions. And you have to be careful as a as a manager too, because whatever your team does, everything comes back to you. Hmm. And you can have someone in your team that can put your life in danger or cause problem for you in terms of plagiarism. Hmm. And plagiarism is a you know it's, it's quite frowned at in you know with people that I work with in research. It's important. And so my major challenge has always been, and also working with toxic people. Mm. How do you manage? How do you manage toxic work environment? Mm. You just have to be yourself. Now your driving force must be your driving because the toxic environment 
will lower will reduce your productivity hmm. and also i also faced a very interesting challenge whereby i didn't get recognized by my some of my by bosses for some of the things that i was doing and i was doing most things in the team hmm. and they were recognizing people who were not doing much as i you know i was then you know they weren't doing much compared to me Hmm. And I learned that you know you have to learn the politics because people may want to break you or want to make you feel like you're not important. You have to know who you are. So one thing is you might lose your identity if you're not careful. Hmm. So you have to know who you are and you have to know what you stand for. I in research everyone knows me everywhere that I've worked. You mention my name to them they will tell you So they can tell you Femi is super strict and you know why some people think that I'm strict because I don't go below a standard when it comes to research. Hmm. Because I want to be competitive in every anywhere in the world and I think I have achieved that I'm I'm sure you know Anthony. Hmm. I've competed for most things in any name it with top guys from Asia from Europe from North America. Yes. I passed through that baptism of fire and I got there. Hmm. So, and I think some of these challenges prepared me for some of these things. And managing people is important. Managing different emotions is important. And knowing when to leave the table when the respect is not being served is also important. Hmm. Don't lose your identity because you want don't please people. You, you cannot please anyone in, re, in research. Hmm. Research is dog eats dog. But don't do it just be yourself and when respect is not being served mm. or or something that will take your dignity away from you you have to leave mm. no when to quit yeah so mm. that's it hmm interesting i mean those are you know interesting perspectives about dealing with challenges you know even though we've touched on the rosy side there are also other challenges anyway to just round up to round up this episode I would like to ask what would be your advice for PhD students already think looking forward to a post PhD phase what would be your top two advice to them Yeah my top advice would be don't be too anxious there is more to life post PhD than oh I'm, I'm looking for a postdoc uh, what would I do yes I also panicked I was anxious that mm-hmm. what would, you know but just become enjoy your phd journey hmm. and do quality research that, that has always been something that most people don't do they just want to drop the work and face the whatever you know you know whatever possibility is going to give to them do quality research because i would tell you anthony i know this is not part of it but also i know someone can learn from it my reviewers So two people reviewed my PhD work outside of South Africa mm. as far far you know to Asia as well. You know, I had two international inter- reviewers and two South African reviewers. One South African so three. You know almost that I should be encouraged to write a book from my PhD thesis. That is the level of the quality of the work, you know. And I did eventually. I published a book not just with anyone with Springer. Mm. So What I would say to you is enjoy the PhD phase, do quality research, publish if you can, and post PhD. Just wait for whatever it brings to you. Whatever you learned during your PhD program, we actually it's a 
we actually take you through post PhD program. Mm. Mm. So it's important that you focus on quality work. Quality work, focus on quality. You know, it's good to have papers, but quality papers will make you stand out. So focus on quality papers, focus on quality PhD at the end of the day. It takes pain to write quality work and um, quality work, you know, is in editing as well. Put your ideas down, focus on quality work, ensure you revise and improve it, get another person to take a look at it for you, get comments. In this world, you're going to get a lot of uh, rejection, a lot of harsh comments. Learn to do with these comments because those skills will be very important going forward. And just wait for them, whatever comes. And I'm sure if you do good work, if you do quality work, opportunities will come and you will be ready to take the opportunity. I think that's that's it to cap it all. Thank you for your time. I, it's been interesting, you know, listening to your experience and I know lots of people will benefit and learn from your experience. If Thanks you have, for having me again. Yeah, if you have any questions for our, our guests today, kindly reach out. We'll be able we'll be interested in answering answering your questions. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to us this far. You know, just to tell you that my PhD experience is breaking new grounds. You can now find us on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, as well as on many other channels. So thank you. Please make sure to share and spread the news about our podcast. Again, we're also going to be doing some extra episodes on societal issues, and I'll be bringing experts to comment on societal issues. So please stay tuned.